judgment You can fuck off a beneath tree Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks When you talk that shit about Star Trek It's like you just harpooned a baby Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks And if you prank all people at the Hi, welcome to Star Trek Sucks I'm Jack, I'm here with Leal And we're at a diplomatic dinner and we are having nickel soup. That's right. It's that famed Atavogian dish made of liquid nickel and spices, renowned throughout the quadrant for aromatics, balance, and being 1,455 degrees centigrade, the lowest temperature at which liquid can be nickel. For, your Amer- for our American listeners, that is 2,651 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I think this is too hot. How are, how are you doing, I'm I'm tr- I'm trying because this is an important treaty negotiation, but this is hard to eat. How are you doing? I'm gonna be honest. I tried feeding some of the nickel soup to the dog, and I killed the dog. Why so is- I've got an even bigger diplomatic situation. Also, why is your dog here? Riker's gonna shit no, his not- fucking pants when he finds out he brought your dog. <laughs> not my dog. The Whatever aliens were having diplomat diplomacy with, their dog. Oh, so I. Killed. Oh, that's a that's so, a big old incident. So, so I'm unable to eat the soup, and I killed a dog. So mm. I think we're. I think I'm just going to take a mulligan on this one. I think we're just going to not have diplomatic relations with this planet because I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't want to go to these diplomatic dinners anymore. And I don't want to sound like a xenophobe, but a lot of this food isn't very good. Yeah. It's 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 a bowl of liquid nickel. <laughs> so here's my question for you. Because I know that we that nickel soup is a reference to something. <laughs> but I I have not listened to last week's episode <laughs> so i don't know the inside joke that i know that i'm involved in oh no i, I said uh i opened the second part of last week's episode just by saying that if potholes were nickels we'd be eating nickel soup <laughs> and then i think i said it one more time because it got it got a reaction and then and then later after we were done recording you were like is that like a thing people say or are you like dying <laughs> and uh yep and now i wrote a thing about a real sci-fi scenario where we ate nickel soup well and i mean it kind of tracks to the i mean it it fits within the same logic of the idea that um there was an alien race that Sarek was supposed to, to negotiate with that lived in 165 yes. degrees centigrade. I think, I think that also got me thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, if we are if we can share the same air with something that can live in that, right. yeah, fine, fuck it. Yeah, we, we might nickel, as well just be yeah, nickel soup. Just liquefied nickel, that can be a thing. Sure. Why the hell not? Um, Good intro, Jack. I, I liked it. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. Um, I wish you would have understood the <laughs> that central joke. But I mean, I knew I got it well you, enough. You can't the win them all. <laughs> But hey, you know what? There's there's going to be somebody listening to this who is a be- who's better at paying attention to this show than I am. 
I mean, maybe. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> uh, we're still, uh, somehow, we're still clocking clocking the downloads, man. Mm-hmm. So, still nobody is getting at us on Twitter.com, which, listeners, if you would like to do that, you can do that at ShipFacts, at who is Jack Gunn and at Leal Like Neil. Uh, and especially if you're from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, as a special bonus, uh, if if you are from Kansas City and you tweet at either of us, we will take we will write down your name and say thanks to you and p- take a picture and put it on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's a that's the prize you can get. Okay. Our Instagram is at Star Trek sucks. I didn't agree to this before we started. Reading. Yeah, no, that's the best way for me to get you to do things. Is <laughs> that's <been> actually <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> uh, did I already ask you what's good? Did we get to that yet? Uh, no. What? Jack is good. I don't know. Uh, it's really fucking nice out. I went for a uh, fairly long run that I got very tired at the end of. I guess that's good. It is extremely nice out right now. Um, and we're on... A- Listeners, if you're wondering why wheels sounds like that is because he's trying to eat a hamburger at the same time as he runs the podcast yeah which is an insane thing to do yeah it's a very dumb and bad choice to make yeah yeah and i'm shaming him for it yeah it's not working and it's yeah it's also going badly yeah um yeah so. no I, I i i don't feel any shame because i agree with you completely yeah um i'm at peace with my wait back. hang on hang on you also feel like you should be ashamed and therefore you're not ashamed yep that's Did I the, just blow your mind? No, that's the that's, that's the that's the attitude of a psychopath. Oh shit! Is that psychopathy? <laughs> I think uh, I, I, I'm not a socio- doctor. But sociopathy. It's some sort of pathy. Yeah, and not like one of the good ones. Yeah, uh, not, not sim. Yeah, or homeo. No, homeo is one of the bad ones. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do. You, this has been Psychology Corner. <laughs> Do you want to know what's good with me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's good for me today is the band Ramstein. Mm. And here is why. Uh, first of all, I started seeing social media ads for Ramstein branded products. I believe it's Ramstein. Ramstein. Sure. Uh, Ramstein branded products. The first thing that I saw was a Ramstein branded children's dishware set go on i mean that's pretty much it it just that uh, that that's uh, or that's the beginning of the story i'm going to show it to you and maybe i'll post some of these on uh on our instagram uh but they so i saw that and i was like what what is this what why does this exist who asked for that and then and i have first needed to know if this was if like there was a just a separate brand of stuff under this name mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with the band, but it's not. Yeah, it's it is legitimately the band. Um, so I'm just going to show you a couple of things. So um, there is the aforementioned Rammstein branded children's full dishware, which is just indistinguishable from. Any other children? Like, nothing. I mean, it's the Rom. This is the Romstein logo, but no one knows what the Romstein logo is. I mean, I assume there are Romstein fans out there. I don't know. Who I don't, t- yeah, 
so because this guy is still a band uh and this guy is still a band the guy whatever the he or they because i don't know if it's an, a, a single guy or if it was ever a band but they're still doing shit they're still doing band he or they whatever whatever the band's pronouns are <laughs> am i making you tired i mean a bunch of stuff's making me tired but this isn't helping <laughs> okay so you can also buy a romstein branded Bar of soap that okay. says Brook Dich, uh-huh. uh, which means bend over. And do you, and does help you get your soap word in your bits. Do you know what else you'll need after you bend over? Uh, it's this other soap that is shaped like a dick. Sure. It has a suction cup on it. It's a soap suction cup wall dildo. Uh so it's, you texted me this morning saying Rammstein was going to be my thing that was good for the day. And I was like, did you suddenly get into like mid-90s industrial for some fucking reason? No, I did listen to do, to, to do Haas this morning, and it is still a banger. Yeah, it's still a banger. There's um, a lot of good stuff from that era. I also finally looked up the meaning of the lyrics to do Haast, um, which was the other part about this that was good for me just because it was uh, I had a nice little... Uh, uh, like kind of reminiscing moment this morning, thinking back to uh, the time before the internet was in my pocket, because mm-hmm. um, that was like when this song came out. We had the internet, but not a lot of yeah, people but it had was like cell phones. Hard, you couldn't just like go on. You couldn't just be like, "I want to hear that song right now." You couldn't, and you probably. Could, I don't know if if you could have. This might have even been before Google. Um, no, Duhas Duhas came out in like 1996. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I I was remembering it from college, so like ninety nine, uh, something like that. But yeah. like the people didn't just have phones and shit, and and like the phones were for making phone calls yeah. and sending. Yeah, and no, sending we had text com- messages. We had the that you had to t nine laboriously. Yeah, we had the internet in the computer lab, which is where I had to go for right. the first two years of college because I didn't even have my own computer. Right. Um. Anyways. So, do you know what the lyrics to that song are about? I mean, I know I know the literal translation of the title and the chorus. Right. So, there are two translations of it. That's part of the it's the song is basically some ju- some like uh sophomoric uh double entendre lyrics. Um because the so uh host with one s means have and host with two s's means hate. Uh, so that's why it's a, you know, wordplay because the rest of it, it's basically, um, like, I don't, yeah. Juvenile or like, uh, early twenties, um, got like guy who thinks he's too cool to, to yeah, ever no, be it's, married. It's, Marriage is for idiots, it's, man. It's, it's, it's literally, literally sophomore, uh, by what you mean, college sophomore, uh, weed thinking of being like, uh, it means has and hate. Yeah. You know, and the other word play, um, the other word play is I think the word is Shaiba, which um, is in because the other part of the lyrics is um, the German like standard wedding vows, like, uh, you know, love, honor and cherish until death do you part and all that shit. Um, Like that's the traditional uh, German one. And one of those words um, in the phrase Tordescheide, Tordescheibe, whatever it is, uh, means uh, uh, until you uh, until death do you part or whatever, 
Um, Shiba means separate or part. Hmm. Um, but also means scabbard, which is slang for vagine. Sure. Okay. So that's what I learned about Romstein today. So I, uh, I ran into a, a really fucking wild thing um, a couple weeks ago about how um, under feudal society you had like a tributary relationship with you know your local lord or whatever and you could you could you could move and pledge yourself to another local lord but you couldn't really be like a guy um that wasn't <laughs> you know but like there was a church ceremony and obviously this is in you know the holy roman empire in europe but um but there's a church ceremony that that you could pledge yourself to the to whatever feudal lord you wanted to. And it is like word for word the wedding ceremony that we use now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really gross. <laughs> I mean, not not literally word for word, but like, ooh. Wow. It's a, a very small edit made. Uh, yeah, not good. You don't, you don't love to see that. Yeah. That's uh, it's a real bummer. That's a, that was a... Mm. A bad thing for the what's good segment, Jack. All right, I forgot. Um, <laughs> I mean, we both did our good things anyway. Um, Jack, do you want to tell us what's going to happen this week? Yes. This week's episode, as we've already discussed, features heavily walks on a Troy, or does it, Jack? What's the title of it, Leo? Menage a Troy. Okay, and what does that translate to from French? Mix of tr- three. Or Troy, or capitalized. Or kind of a meeting of Troys, if you will. Yeah. So, Counselor Troy is called to a galactic meeting of Troys, <laughs> 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 including a middle school bully of mine, the abstract concept of the ancient city, and a guy who looked like Sideshow Bob who was dating one of my roommates for a while. <laughs> They're all Troys? Yep. Oh. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> Fucking idiot! <laughs> I was th- I was still thinking T R O I, but now I'm now I'm following your premise. Okay. Controversy ensues when a Klingon named Troy wants to attend, <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the one of the people in the in the the meeting objects to it strenuously, and then is found murdered later. The case is solved when Data researches the record of every Troy that the ship's computer has for some reason and discovers that there is a secret group of Roberts who has infiltrated the meeting of Troy's. Does any of this make sense? Fuck you. <laughs> Wait, what is the... Fuck you. What? I don't Fuck understand. off. <laughs> Shut up. I, but I don't get the there Robert There was a Robert, and, he, and, then, and, the, and then he was going to narc, and another Robert killed him before he could tell. I am very confused now. That's not a very good episode. We, should, <laughs> we honestly shouldn't watch it. <laughs> Just go do something else. Uh, nope. It's nice out. We could go outside. Here we go! You're listening to Star Trek Sucks, the only Star Trek podcast. Now here are your hosts, Jack Gunn and Leal Cardoza. Another banger. What were you watching? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. Uh, I, I mean, this is this is an enjoyably bad episode to me. Um, <laughs> like, it's trying so much weird shit. It is really going for it. <laughs> Fucking, it, it is, doesn't know what it's going for, but it's going it is for it. Doing what it's doing, mm-hmm. and it doesn't know what that is. Yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> so, was yeah. the uh, this is really they established that for or that that Betazoids can't re- read Ferengi's minds. Yes. That doesn't really affect the plot at all no it's really weird yeah i i mean i i believe that they established that so that they could say that Luxwana troy is such a master manipulator of man which no she's not <laughs> she's not that but I think what they're going for is that she's such a master manipulator of men that she doesn't even have to read their minds, which this is the first time we've seen her actually make a man want her, and it's the first time that it's been somebody whose mind she can't read. So it almost seems like the only way that she can actually successfully interact with somebody of the opposite sex is to not read their mind. Oh man. It do be like that. And I'm sorry. Like it, I I'm sorry. And I, I this entire fucking episode and I don't want to jump to the end and I don't I don't want to go off on this again, but I'm fucking going to. And I also don't want to be like a men's rights activist about this. But imagine if the genders were flipped on this. Fucking imagine the genders being flipped on this story. Yeah. It would be the worst episode of T like it would be even for the time that it was recorded in 1983 when we were genociding pen whatever like even for the fucking time it would it would have been absolutely incredibly offensive if you just flipped the genders and changed nothing else yeah yeah and that's kind of my acid test of like bad feminism and again i know that women go through the world differently than men do you don't have to tweet at me to tell me that but if (laughs) if you you flip the genders and it turns into the most predatory thing you've ever seen in your fucking life then it's probably not good with the original gender configuration do you think that the writers are trying to make Loaxana an overtly feminist character. I saw somebody today on Facebook post about how fierce and independent and do not give a shit Loxana Troy is and how she's a feminist icon for not for doing her own thing all the time. <laughs> and I know you saw that post too because I commented on it and then you commented on it to make fun of me. <laughs> Because you're mean and you're a bad friend, and I don't want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that all adds up. So, I just, I so really, tired. I really did not think of her as a feminist character. I also, I didn't read her the the post that you're talking about, comment uh, like describing her as 
I, I, I saw that it said that she liked her or something like that, that she was her favorite character. Um, and then I saw that you commented about having to watch it. I mean, there, not to get too into this, but there is a wave of, of liberal feminism that is just, what if women were every bit as cruel and selfish and indifferent to the sufferings of others that men have historically been, and that would be equality. And it's like, I guess that would be, but I don't think I'd want to live in that world. Yeah, it doesn't sound nice. It sounds bad to me, and I'd prefer not to. Um, and I'm not saying that that's what all feminism is, but there, you know, it's out there's, there. There's <laughs> well, and I would argue I don't I don't think there's anybody who's where where that's like their entire worldview, or maybe there is. Fuck, I, I don't absolutely know. do there, think there's people with that. Well, no, what I think what I think is more common that is that is similar to what you're describing, and it and it transcends uh, feminism. It you know it goes in it, this extends into a lot of different things. Um, but the idea of um, wanting it's like when uh, um, you know when uh, when a, a, a fucking white school shooter gets peacefully uh, arrested and uh, and right. people are like, well, they yeah, didn't same, you know they, same thing. they didn't shoot him and it's like obviously you don't wish yeah, that I'm, that guy got shot. you're saying you wish the other the, the but but at the same time, Are, you're like, but is that what they're saying? Do, yeah, and, would I feel or, or, like would and, I feel bad if the school shooter got shot instead of got it getting taken away in a bulletproof vest? Uh, I mean, you should. I know it's not the you should feel bad about that. I, I, but so there, so there's a concept called um, so there's like sections of society. You know, and like they're all kind of struggling against the the overarching system. And one of like one of the ways that they can feel like they're winning the struggle, which is kind of a false struggle, is to feel like um, another section is is getting things as bad as they have been getting things. Yeah, and that's bad because yeah. that's that's false struggle and it's false consciousness, yeah. and it's ne- and it's never going to um, sort of prevail against the overriding system. Yeah, no, I. I so what you should look for is some sort of. Um, what do you call it when when there's sections that that they go inter and they inter in, interact with each other? Interse- what? It's called intersectionality. I was doing. Uh, I was trying to do a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't. Anyway, yeah, like any 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 identitarian movement that isn't intersectional is just doomed to eventually revert to the idea of like, well, at least everyone else can get it as bad as us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't want to get it as bad as I want. I want nobody to have that bad thing. I want happen. everybody to have it as good as me, and also me to have it better. But but everybody to have it as better as me. Yeah, all the same amount of better. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know that's easy to say as a straight white man, but it's like, well, I'm, well, I, I'm, my original point was that. Um, I don't, I I know that it is wrong and hopefully we all know that it's wrong when we when we have that impulse of like well I wish that the school shooter had gotten shot because that person did a bad thing and so it's not it's it's not weird it's not it's not the right way to think about it but it's not weird and it's not something you should like you know flog yourself over uh for for wishing that a bad thing happened to somebody but you can. I actually you can, think you should not wish that bad things happen to people. Really? Yep. 
Except for Luxwana Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick one fictional character and dump all that energy out. No. I I mean I get it. I I don't yeah, I mean I don't think you should like I don't think you should like actively You shouldn't be like self flagellating because you're like, ah, like, talking... why didn't the cops treat them like but but you should examine that and be like Okay, why didn't the cops treat them? And like, what do you like? What do you actually want? Do you want the cops to treat a white school shooter like a black kid with a BB gun, or do you want them to do the opposite of that? I mean, I want there to be a higher chance uh, of you being killed by the police if you just murdered a bunch of people than if you are a child in a park. Okay, comrade. <laughs> um, so, uh, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, like we, it starts we have, off, we have not even started the It episode. starts off seeming like it's going to be a sitcom episode, sort of, and you get this weird, this whole weird interchange between Loxana and Deanna, and Deanna finally tells off her mom, but she tells her off like she's a 16-year-old. And like storms out. But also her mom keeps calling her a little one. Which she stops for that one scene and then cut, then fast forward to right. when they're on the Ferengi ship. And then, and and then Deanna is like, oh, I do have a lot more to learn from my mom. And it's like, no, you don't learn anything about what your mom's doing right now. <laughs> this is all horrible. <laughs> like, <what>? So Loxana <laughs> is trying to like... Uh, She's trying to tell Deanna that she should settle down and have kids. And it's like, I don't know. She's being obvious. She's being so obvious about what she's talking about. And she's mistaking Deanna being like, I don't want to do that for Deanna not understanding what she's suggesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is really funny to me. This is probably the most I've ever vocalized during an episode. <laughs> and this is the first one where... Loxwana says to Deanna Troy because Deanna's like I'm really fulfilled like I help a lot of people like I do an important job and she says well how much happiness is there in being helpful really and I said boo (laughs) she's the fucking worst (laughs) that's what a psychopath says that is (laughs) yeah yeah. That's what Christian Bale's character from American Psycho says. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? How much <laughs> happiness is there in being helpful? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if every religion that's ever existed has written some books about that. <laughs> I wonder if that's kind of why we have a concept of religion in general, is because being helpful to each other makes you feel like there might be something bigger than you. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It was oh god. <sighs> um so but <laughs> my my original my point in bringing that up um was that she's like talking about she's telling her, telling her that she blew it with with Riker and uh, at this point we don't know that Riker uh that 
they're on apparently as of this they're, episode. They're, I mean, their relationship is whatever the plot requires. Just like however fast the Enterprise can go. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things that's on a whiteboard in the writers' room. That's like, look, this is whatever it is. When the yeah, <laughs> um, because yeah, so we haven't really touched on their relationship in a few episodes. Um, and uh, but my first reaction, she was like, "I haven't ruined anything. We're very good friends, and we fuck on the rag." Um, but, uh, and then she like storms off and then we, and then skip to Picard telling Riker, Hey, uh, Deanna took shore leave. You want to go take shore leave down on the planet? Yeah, it was, it was completely, with Deanna? it was completely unearned. It has, it has no connection to anything in this episode or previous episodes. And Picard plays He's just like, so she's the smart one, and I'm. Gu- I guess I'm gonna have to tell you. And it's like, what are you talking? I mean, I get maybe they cut some scenes or something, but like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, and then and then they are very explicitly down there to fuck. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't think that the writers know that Picard. N- wants them to fuck i don't think the writers understand because the way that the writers why is it why is this scene the writers wrote it as just a quippy scene between picard and Riker to be like hey there's shore leave you should leave you need a break i don't i (sighs) fuck maybe i'm wrong for the first time in this entire run of this podcast I'm going to give the writers more credit than you <laughs> and say that, no, they wanted, because they go down there to, like, they, no, they wanted, they. You think they, they they intended for the subtext to be Picard sending him down there yes, to go have sex with because Picard Troy. is noticing that they are on again on a level that, that Riker is not. And that is that is the subtext of that scene, is him being like, hey, you and Troy have been hitting it off again lately. I also want my second in command and my ship's counselor to start hooking up because I'm a good captain and I'm good at my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm going to socially engineer that happening. And that, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely how that scene was written. I would also like to back up for a second. Um, uh, Waxana, uh, oh yeah, she, we didn't even talk about Waxana getting hit on, did we? Oh yeah, so okay, backing way up to, to the original scene, um, the uh, this is the first time uh, at the trading conference that the uh, galaxy's biggest traders have been invited. I didn't even uh, cl- I, I didn't even take note yeah, of what kind of no, a conference it was. We, yeah, we finally brought the. Uh, no, I'm not gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, no the 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 extremely well known. For their skills in business, yeah, traders, uh, the Ferengi, yeah, um, we finally invited them to the trading conference, and they're there um, at ten forward, and um, one of them is playing chess with Riker, which will come back later in an extremely stupid plot point. And when he loses, he blames it on the music, and. Wes is of course like, what are you talking about? The music's great. It's the it's the blah 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 blah. It's the Arcadian rhythm notes. Yeah, 
and I was like, Dibs no, the band name. that that music does suck shit. It's bad music. It sucks shit. I wouldn't want to play chess to that music either. I thought, um, it, I thought it was relaxing. Hmm. Hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, one of the Ferengi starts to hit on Waxana, and for the first time, she doesn't have the upper hand in one of these situations. But he doesn't either, and they're just, and they both suck, and they're both being mean to each other. And for for just a for just a, a moment, just a precious moment, just a really, really nice brief second, I was like, maybe this will be a good episode. Yeah. It's kind of a let them fight situation. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> the next note I have um, after I, I had very much abandoned that idea um, is that Luxana is yelling um, her titles to somebody. I don't remember who. And uh, she yells that she has the sacred chalice of Ricks. Yeah. Um, and then Deanna says... Um, that's just a that's just a cup with a bunch of mold inside. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that um, if you pour some wort, you know, some you know, pre-fermented beer, in there with the mold, it makes LSD, and that's why Mister Hom is the way he is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also why it's a sacred object. And honestly, that all tracks to me. <laughs> Wait, is that actually how you make LSD? It's not not how you make LSD. Huh. It's it's certainly how you make LSA. Um, um, I, I I assume it assume, has to be a specific type of fungus. Yeah, it's a it's mold. It's a mold byproduct. Uh, um, yeah, interesting. Yes. Um, well, listeners, if you uh, attempt to make acid, don't using the do techniques not that Jack just recommended. I have been so goddamn vague <laughs> in these techniques that I hope you don't just try to do. Something sort of like what I told you, because I'm just, I don't know how to waive my liability for harder than this to be like, you will almost certainly die if you try to do this. Does it have to ferment? You will almost the- certainly die if you try to do this. I'm not talking about it further. I just thought it'd be a funny joke, and then you don't know how LSD is made because you're a fucking nerd. Nerd square bitch. And... I, it just none of my jokes land anymore and I'm tired of doing this podcast and this show's not very good. You're mean to me. There's a B plot where Wes has to do an oral exam. Can I tell you every scene of the B plot I forgot that there was a B plot. Yes. It's like it comes over to the B plot and I'm like Oh right, yeah, yeah. This uh, there's a thing with West going on here. It is here. the most important B plot we've ever had. It's like, is West gonna go to school? And it's like, man, I cannot think of a question I care about less than is West going to go to school? I can not, not do not. I cannot give a fuck about this B plot. Just- <laughs> Because that's the entire B plot is just. Wes well, is what, gonna, if, what if Wes goes to school? Could he come back to the Enterprise? And maybe, yeah, but maybe not. Yeah, and that's the B plot. And then Wes is like, "Oh, I hadn't thought about things changing." 
So I ha- I I I I noted this. <laughs> you, uh, it just made me laugh uh, when Loxana hands um, hands uh, freaks a, a fucking uh, a piece of uh, multicolored <laughs> kale that is clearly a piece of multicolored yeah, kale. Yeah, just rainbow kale. <laughs> and and I was like, ah, the nineties. Yeah, when, when rainbow kale when, was when, so when, exotic, it could. T- it could Pass for alien food. <laughs> when anything beyond romaine lettuce was just alien food. <laughs> what is this strange purple lettuce? <laughs> it must be from an alien world. No, it's it's funny that you say that because from like two thousand, because I st- I worked as a like a cashier from like two thousand three to two thousand five. And like part of being a cashier back then, and probably now, there's probably touch menus now and shit. But like, you just had to remember all the codes for every vegetable. Oh yeah, and that was when we started adding vegetables. Yeah, it just really annoying. <laughs> it was like somebody just brought a daikon radish to the fucking cash register. I'm like, man, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it is ten forty five at night. I'm like. <laughs> I don't even know where to look in my fucking produce book for this. <laughs> I don't like admitting because as consumers, we all know two things. One, we know that it is our it is absolutely our responsibility. It is our job to take note of the produce code, and you're supposed to put write it no down on a ever- write it on a thing. You're sp- and okay, we so, also, and, so hang on. Wait, 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 because okay. let me get to the other, the second part. Because the second thing that we also know is that if we don't do any of that shit, we still get to go home with our daikon radish. So, I, no one's ever written down a produce code in my fucking life. Where you, where you are required if, by the social contract to write down your code is when you buy bulk grain. Mm, yeah, like any like if you're on the bulk aisle and you just tag it, like you just wrap it and you don't write down an uh, item number. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I've never. If you're just standing because no, I've I've I mean I've seen this so many times yeah. working as a cashier, and if you're just standing there, and I have to be like, hey, what it, what kind of oats are these? What like or what like. What powder is this? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's this. And then I have to go look in a book and find the number when you could have, when there were pins. We all know the system. Yeah. There was a system. There's been a system in place my entire life because we were poor growing up. So I we mostly shopped on the bulk aisle at Winco. So I definitely know there's been a system for a very long time. And if I have to look it up, I guess he was getting an asshole tax by me accidentally putting a lot of weight on the part of the scale that you can't see. Hmm. It's you. That's Well, it's not me you, because I've never done that. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, not, it's not now because I'm not a cashier, but uh, where are we in this episode? <laughs> I, well, uh, 
So oh I right know. so yeah oh uh, yeah okay so transporter technology fucking se- transporter technology security is very bad. If, yeah, if I, I wrote have, down that too. If you have the ability to take a person who doesn't do want to do go not, with you, do you not want to talk about Hom's vacation fit? <laughs> I, I mean, Hom's fits are usually pretty dope. It was. It was especially dope. Was it? That's that's all I really have to say about it. So I didn't, it was it was like very like iridescent. Um, just a lot of just just a lot of neon iridescent kind of shit going on. It was it was very good. Do you want to talk about what Mister Hom? Because we didn't get much much of Mister Hom on this episode. Very little Mister Hom. I would yeah, I would like to speculate about what he was doing for the rest of the episode because they didn't abduct him. No, so they, he was just there with a picnic basket, being like. How do I get fucked up right now? <laughs> so he's already eating the berries that he brought back. So we uh, and and didn't Loxana say something about those berries? Ha- oh no, no, she was talking about the drink having aphrodisiac yeah. effects. Never mind. Um, but so yeah, I mean, I think Hum chilled out there for a bit and waited to see if they'd come back. Because I, I, bear in mind, he has no idea they were transported, so that's not that shouldn't be his first assumption. No, he walked up as they were being transported. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, but then he he stood there and like looked around, like where are those guys? Yeah, because he's on a lot of acid. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Mister Hom just sat down and ate that entire bowl of berries first. Yeah, and then just sort of like chilled. And, then, and drank. I mean, I assume Luoxana had some wine or something in that picnic picnic basket. Yeah. Um. Th- okay, so that was the other thing that bothers me here is that they're gonna fuck, and Loxana ruins it. Like her whole thing is that you guys need to settle down and have kids, and they came there to fuck, and she ruins it. I don't know if you've ever met any bad people. Don't you don't have to think too hard about that. Um, but one of the things about them is um they're not even good at getting the things they want to happen mm. happen yeah um and i would say this is a classic case of that yeah that does yeah that does track yeah um so yeah then i just get um oh wait hang on okay so <laughs> Yeah, transport technology security. So the the Ferengi are able to take three people uh, who don't want to go with them onto their ship, and then they're able to um, forcibly strip two women with the transporter. So I actually scan that as um, uh, the Ferengi have better transporters. Like it did, it did seem because they were just like transporting them around the ship, which you never see on the Enterprise, and so I kind of scanned it as like. Uh, not that it ever becomes a plot point, um, because this episode is bad. Um, but I did scan it as like, oh, maybe the Ferengi just have like better transporters that so, can like that can kind of do some. They're not like way next generation that can like take people from behind shields or whatever, but they can do stuff that like the Federation transporters can't. Um, I didn't even think along those lines because I'm pretty sure I know why. Uh, in actuality, from a production standpoint, why that happened? Uh, to build less set. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is absolutely why. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because they're the Ferengi ship set consists of like two rooms. Basically, yeah, there's the not, it's not elaborate. The, <laughs> the jail room and the fuck room, which I want to talk about the fuck room, which also seems to be his command room. Yeah, or something. Which no. Uh, um, but so. <laughs> So Luoxana uh, hatches her brilliant plan of seducing him while Riker tries to get, who cares? Um, and Tog being the straight up pimp that he is. <laughs> she's like, let's talk. And he's like, yeah, let's do talk. Hit the switch. By bed yeah. slides out of the wall. It cuts away from them. Then to, to back to Riker and Troy to see what they're Although doing. Although it's enough, we it's enough. We small bed for, for okay, but you for know, a guy with a bed that slides out of the wall. If that bed or if the if the shot had say, stayed on Waxana and Tog five seconds longer, that's Tog reaching over to the next switch, <laughs> flips that disco lights and oh, Barry yeah. White no, starts no. playing. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah. Frankie Barry White. Which Frankie Barry White. <laughs> Listeners, imagine what that's like and tweet at us. <laughs> if any of you are musicians, hashtag, we would love to hear. <laughs> hashtag Ferengi Barry White. And tell us the names of some popular Ferengi Barry White songs. Mm. Let's transactionally get it on. <laughs> I know that's not a very wise. I, I can't get enough of your profit. <laughs> Isn't yeah, can't get enough of your lotus. I think that's a very wise. Yeah. Anyway, um and we find oh god, this is the most disgusting part. So Loaxana and Deanna are having a telepathic conversation, but it's generally it seems to be implied or stated with their telepathic connection that it's not like always on because that would be extremely intrusive if like any time you're I within range of the other person. I think because Deanna is half uh, Greek um, and Loxana is, is fully Greek that that Loxana it's always on on her end but she can kind of pick and choose when Deanna can hear it. Yeah, it just it seems like you would have to do there would have to be some sort of an on switch. You're not just uh, constantly projecting your thoughts out at anybody who can hear them. That seems like a bad that seems like bad opsec to me. It, it just seems like a bad way to have a Yeah. Um so that so we we can agree on that. So we can agree that anytime Deanna hears her, it's because Luoxana has chosen to right. have Deanna Because she, she's an incredibly manipulative person and she manipulates the entire last act of this episode. And she also... In a way that, again, if hang this... Hang on. Okay. She also chooses to transmit to Deanna whatever is going on in her mind while she is giving Tog a handjob. Yeah, it's a it's it, a it's a your parents choosing you to yeah. <laughs> overhear them having sex. That's exactly what it is, and uh, and not very yeah, good. Deanna, uh, perfect reaction, very perfect reaction yeah. to that yeah. scenario. Yeah, no good act, good acting, 
whatever your name Mar- is. Mariana. Marie, I can never remember. It's Marina or Mariana. Um, so, yeah, Luoxana, telepathic moment, moaning. So I, so I have a, a moment before that where they first start, I guess, hooking up or whatever. And Luxana is trying to buy time by just being like, and then I fucked so-and-so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I wrote down, like, this is like a retelling of uh, 1001 Arabian Nights, except for instead of being an incredible stary- storyteller, Scheherazade just sucks. <laughs> and the Sultan eventually is just like, just go, just get out, just get out of here. <laughs> just we'll try tomorrow which i know is not realistic to what that story is but it's funny for me to think about it's, it'd be a funny sketch uh uh yeah well and that's the same scene where she starts giving him a hand job by accident um because she like pats him on the head yeah and then starts rubbing his ears oh yeah now and, and that was like that was when she actually hatched her plan because she well, was just kind of vamping and, and trying to buy time before that and then she's like Oh, I can just like jack this guy off through his ears for a while. And then, okay, do you want to explain what her master plan was? I don't know if I caught it, but what was the the point that I wanted to make about her giving him a hand job uh, is that he's now we have, we don't know for certain, but I suspect she is uh, not very good sexually. Oh yeah, almost certainly not. Uh she is she is so universally unable to she is so self-centered yeah, that she's she is, somebody that's completely self-directed. Yeah, she she is she is 100% concerned or convinced that she is great in the sack, which is also not a good um, indicator. Yeah, of course. No, I I am certain that she thinks she is great at sex and I'm certain that she is bad at it. I think she's yeah. a bad listener. Uh, yeah, I think she's a, a bad uh, sexual partner in general. Yeah. Um, that being said, I wouldn't expect her any sexual technique that she has to be um, particularly good by pr- pretty much any metric. Then add to that the fact that this is a sexual technique she's never done before. Admittedly, it's just rubbing somebody's ears. But Tog is like, oh man, that's the best hand job I've ever had. Yeah, but here, but here's the thing that you're not thinking of. Because all the other Ferengi are disgusted by her because at this point in canon, Ferengi still basically find a, a most, uh, I guess, more humanoid, closer to closer to humanoid uh, life forms disgusting. Right. So Tog's a big old fucking freak. Okay. Which okay. means he probably likes a weird fucking overly rubby, shitty hand job. Okay. Just to be... Because... What he actually says is, "You've never done this. I've never had this like this before." Okay. Which that, and that's what does it for him. And it, it is, yeah. yeah. So it's just a kink thing. Yeah. And he's probably just more turned on by it conceptually because it's coming from this, right? Because he's a big old freak, the he's circus a monster freak. person yeah. that he's that. Right. Okay. All right. I'll yeah. 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 I'm on board for that. Okay. Um. So. Yeah. We start the hand job. Um. Oh, I also realized that the what there's only two Ferengi in the episode too. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a budget situation, and I sure. always, I, I still love um finding actors that end up playing much bigger 
like iconic roles in Star Trek mm-hmm. um, uh, in in earlier stuff. You know, like I uh, I watched um, uh, the Schwarzenegger Mars movie um, Total Recall uh, recently, and the guy who plays um, the uh, the Cardassian uh, big bad. Why can't I remember his name? Um, anyway, he's one of the main, he's one of the main bad guys in in uh, Deep Space Nine. Mm. Um, it's gonna come to me in a minute. Okay. Anyway, uh, when it does. Uh, the other Ferengi on this episode, not Tog, but the other the Doctor tr- tortures Loxana, uh, is Neelix on uh, uh, Voyager. Mm. And I haven't seen it. I know you haven't, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Neelix. You don't have to if you don't want In to. In the grand Star Trek tradition... No, you don't have to. ...of very trollish men uh, being in relationships with uh, very attractive, seemingly younger, uh, and much more humanoid women, Neelix has that going on. Um, and not only is that weird uh kind of imbalance i don't know it just it always bothers me because it's troll man fantasy mm. um yeah also she's two. Oh, she comes from a species that develops very quickly so she's full human size so it's not actually a baby but it is canonical that she's like two or three years old yeah, I mean, unless unless the mind develops very fucking quickly, because that uh, that's the problem. Yep, it's not physical development that's the problem. It's that. Uh, yep. Yep. Anyway. Yep. That's why you can't fuck teenagers, even if they look older. That's why you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I found that out in the episode where because her species actually. Uh, only gets to procreate once in their lives, and uh, it happens when you're four. So sure. that came up. It sounds like a good show. It's um, a great we show. Do a podcast about it. Let's do a podcast about it. Oh, wait, no, fuck! I hate Voyager. Oh, one Man, of us. It, one of us. It would has be to, awful to be on a podcast about a show you hated. I know. One of us has to like it. That's the. That's that's, a, that's part of that's the, a good point. I don't know if we could do something we both hated. <laughs> no, I don't think we could. Um, yeah. So at this point, the episode is completely off the rails as far as what type of a show it, it is. Does not know is what it's it doing. Sitcom? Is it a detective show now? Is it a some kind of a spy like a jailbreak? What it? What is it? What and anyway? Wes on his B plot um, <laughs> interprets Riker's signal, and they find the Ferengi. Um, Luxana has a has a master plan, which is, yeah. What is it? Because I she she don't convinces remember. uh, uh Tog. Tor, Tog. Tog. Um, she convinces Tog that she'll stay with him as long as she sent as long as he sends uh Riker and and oh Troy wait 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 home. that's the second part of the master plan though. What's the first part? The first. <laughs> The first part of the master plan is to gain control of the computer. Well, yeah, no, yeah, like that. But that was what she was buying time for when she was doing the the thousand and one shitty Arabian Nights, um, and all that stuff. Is like, is to, uh, yeah, that's right. Because we didn't talk about like Riker 
They, they, he, they, Riker they, gets the the other Ferengi so mad at him about chess that he opens the, the fuck we forgot to he talk opens about the chess. cell door and then Riker just immediately like off screen it doesn't even show it doesn't it. even just, show Riker it. just fucking sucker punches him which is like yep that's uh that's a come oh, come on. <laughs> It's like something out of an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> it's oh wait, so there are three Ferengi in this episode, um, and then um, yeah, you know, and then Riker gets on the computer, but he can't get through. They try to get uh, uh, Tog's um, uh, password. She almost gets it out of him by jacking off his ears. Uh, the doctor comes in. Then there's a the whole problem where she's getting tortured. Riker is in enough on the computer that he can use the computer to send a, a coded message in the the fluctuations of the the oscillator on the hyperdrive. It sort of made sense to me. It's, say what it is. Say what. Say what the coded message is. Say it. It's, it's say the it shitty music from earlier. It's it's, <laughs> it's the chess scene again. It's, it's it's designed to reward the people that are paying attention. I felt very rewarded when it happened. <laughs> I feel very rewarded right now. Um, you can have a little callback as a treat. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> can you tell I'm trying to move this episode along? <laughs> okay. So... Wes's B plot, he's trying to go to another ship so he can go to space camp. Um and this is the only ship that can get him there and if he doesn't get on this one other ship right now, there's no way that the flagship of the Federation can get him to space camp in time for space camp to start. No, there aren't other uh shipping routes in this uh Federation. It's uh traditionally not what makes a Federation is shipping routes. Um so it makes sense. Is that true? No. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> you went to college. I know. That was funny. So it was the right thing to say. <laughs> um, okay. So we got the origin of the Picard what the fuck meme. That was great. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I forgot about that. I love seeing... I love it when we get to, to Picard memes. We're yeah, too, no, I do, I, do love, I do love when we get a meme frame in the yeah. show. Um, and, yeah, so her master plan is to pretend that she's going to stay with uh, Damon Todd uh, uh, voluntarily, and then she pretends that... Um, oh, God damn it. And she doesn't even... Uh, I I, re- I the scene was genuinely comical and it's supposed to be so it's back back to being a sitcom but the one thing in my mind was like wait why didn't Deanna and Loxana talk about this before before Will and yep you could you can absolutely just do this telepathically and and Deanna's like oh I think I know she w- what I, she wants to do yeah why do you not explicitly know what she wants to do yeah why have you guys not had this conversation. You guys had so much psychic conversation. Too and, much, one could argue. And so much moaning. Um, but so yeah, Picard has to act jealous. This has got to be like, I bet you this is one of uh, of Stewart's favorite fucking scenes ever. Oh, I mean, it, it's, it, it's the only redeeming feature of this episode. <laughs> and he is... He plays it so... Pr- he, he is... 
from the starting off with the stuttering and not knowing what he's gonna I we're no, I you're gonna come back uh to me because yeah, you belong to me and then just finally finding it and like then he, of stumbling course, into just his feet reverts to Shakespeare <laughs> yep. and is almost literally like I'm I would be surprised if there aren't props with teeth marking them <laughs> by how much scenery chewing he's doing. But it's on per like he's not yeah. like it's not it's not that he's acting bad. He's deliver it's a good actor deliberately acting like a bad actor. Yeah. Which you can tell the difference and boy, poo. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's <laughs> fucking fantastic. I mean, it is yeah. It's hilarious because it is it, it is, truly is it is one of the funniest scenes in this entire run of the series so far. Well, and it's also it because, it, it really is a classic Shakespearean <laughs> delivery for the stage. Right, but like with a tight camera on you, you exactly. look like a moron. <laughs> yeah. Like doing stage acting with a camera three feet from you makes you look like an insane person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. <laughs> it reminds me, have you ever seen the movie Singing in the Rain? No. Okay, so it was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I wanted to be Gene Kelly when I grew up, uh, from like age nine to age twelve. Mission accomplished. <laughs> well, I don't even I don't know enough about Gene Kelly to even know what I mean by that. I, I just feel like a mean thing to say. <laughs> I do sing in the rain. Um, no, there's so uh, part of the plot of that movie uh, hinges around it's at the era where silent film is transferring or where. Uh, sound in film is is just becoming a thing. Right, yeah. um, so it's. I think the movie was shot in the fifties or sixties. I don't even remember. Um, yeah. But it takes place in like the twenties. Um, and Gene Kelly is a silent movie star. Right. And silent movie stars were very much like uh, the, you know the 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 physical emoting was a lot like what uh, what Stewart is doing there. Uh, it's like doing stage acting for, and you got, and it's two reasons. One, because there's no sound, the you know ex- excess physicality kind of expresses more emotion, yeah. um, and two, because like that was the first era of film, so there hadn't been a differentiation in style. So you had like stage, the style of stage acting was just that was acting, right? Because the, like obviously the first idea you're going to have when you have a camera is like, oh, what if I just point this to the stage? Yeah. Um, Which is actually not the first date. The the invention of the movie camera was uh, <laughs> was a bet between two rich guys about whether or not uh, a ho- all of a horse's feet leave the ground when he's galloping <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> they for sure do. Well, we know that now <laughs> because of these two rich assholes <laughs> that were like... Okay, we're going to set up just a shit ton of cameras <laughs> along this racetrack and take a bazillion pictures of this of this horse going by. Anyway, that was that was actually the invention of the movie cameras. I did uh, not know that. Because it's really hard to tell if you don't have a good camera. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I'm so I I, I can visualize it so vividly that I can't imagine not being able to tell from yeah, looking. Yeah, you've probably seen it in, in slow mo at some point in your life. I've, uh, yeah, I've yeah. seen still pictures. Yeah, um, uh, that's that's why. It's, it's, anyway, Picard's acting reminded me of Gene Kelly's acting when he's at when he's you know 
acting uh, in in a f- in the movie within the movie because he like walks in and, like stomps around the place and he's just doing these like very you know physical movements and it's a fucking hilarious movie. A lot of it, it like it, <laughs> it revolves around the technical issues um, with with trying to add sound to movies because it was basically like everything was silent, and then uh, the jazz singer comes out, mm-hmm. and everybody, at least the way that it's portrayed in, in Singing in the Rain, every studio immediately is like, "We got to fucking add sound to our movies." Fucking Rip. yesterday, but nobody knows what they're doing. So like the microphone right, it was basically technology, like just to do like you would just do a one take record that would play along with the movie. <laughs> well, you would have to record it into uh, onto a record, um, but also like the microphone technology was not great, and uh, so they didn't oh, yeah. have like directional microphones. Yeah, I'm not saying you do a one take record on the shit we have now. I'm saying and you do a one take record on no but the, <laughs> anyway the scene I'm, the scene I'm trying I'm describing a movie scene again Jack this is <laughs> they're trying to record their first scene with audio and uh, there's so much background noise and the sound technician is like losing his mind because they're getting like every single footfall because they're using like like old timey like big metal microphones and they like try to run they try to put a mic on one of the actors and they have this giant flower boutonniere on her dress with a microphone like the size of these microphones in it because that was the microphone technology <laughs> like every time she turns away from she's like, bonking it with her cheek well it's like it's on her left shoulder so if she turns if she turns away and talks on this side again then she comes back over <laughs> she's just like looking back Forward and delivering this whole this this love scene, but half of it's missing. It's uh, uh, listeners yeah. check out "Singing in the Rain" is the point. I don't know. It actually doesn't sound very good. Uh, anyway, do you want to finish shit. the episode? Or yeah, I get uh, yeah. The, so the B plot: uh, Wes doesn't know how phones work, um, so he has to come back onto the ship. And again, the no Wes Wes pusses out on his fucking oral interview because he's like, "Oh, what if I have to leave the ship?" Yeah. And then he just doesn't. I mean that's the, that's the, the reality of it. The, he but, doesn't like, do it, and then and then Picard gives him a field promotion, and it's like who fucking cares about any of this? And then we see him in his new interview or his new uh, uh, uniform, and it's like who? Why did we extend the episode another five minutes? So that this could happen. Why? I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool that he had his dad's old uniform to wear. Is that his dad's old uniform? <laughs> no, it was just way too big for him. Uh, <laughs> I thought you knew some kind of like lore that was like no. that was his. No, 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 not at all. He just it, he just he walks in and it's supposed to be this big dramatic moment because it's his first scene. It's his first time coming also on the bridge in his. It pans up his body like he's a sexy lady, <laughs> and he's just <laughs> just a guy in a dumpy jumpsuit, <laughs> and it's like uh, I guess it's red and black now instead of a weird sweater jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, and then the music hits, and you're like. Am I like suicidally depressed? What? Because <laughs> I don't. You seem to think I should care about this, <laughs> and I 
do not. <laughs> Big don't. <laughs> Big don't. <laughs> That's my new rap names. Big don't. <laughs> That's, that was a pretty good rap name. <laughs> I know. It's probably a good rap. <laughs> Dude. Uh, us being able to rap is the only thing missing from us having uh, dope ass rap careers. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and kind of literally, I know how to play a drum machine pretty well. <laughs> uh, um, big don't. Big don't. I'm sticking with Furious Steve. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That and that's it. Then the episode ends. Yeah. And uh, what did we learn? To paraphrase the end of, of one of my favorite movies, Burn After Reading. What did we learn? What should we avoid doing again? Um, I learned that um, hand jobs can get you out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> Look forward to you applying that in the future. <laughs> I'm going to go with the classic burn after reading the episode of nothing and I don't know (laughs) okay join us next week when I don't know we'll probably have something prepared for that this will be uh, your your homework for next week Jack is to uh, write us a synopsis for an episode entitled transfigurations mm-hmm Okay. From the one shot here, it looks like it's got a uh, uh, cocoon alien in it. All right. Well, I've already got an idea, and I'll I'll forget it uh, long before I actually get around to writing it, and then I'll come up with something else on the day of the podcast. That's how the sausage gets made. Join us next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Had you only hours to convince a beloved friend that there is value in the things that you value? Would you search through space and time to find the perfect words to convey your convictions? When every word counts, rise and proclaim your opinions to be the light of the galaxy!